know that many of you, tons of you, have made a year-end Christmas gift to Kensington and that some of you are still planning on it. I want you to know that today is your last day in the service and also online to make this happen. And I want you to know even more than that, that your giving and your partnership means the world to me. We have no idea how many people God is going to allow us to touch in 2018, but your giving allows us to blast into a new year. Thank you so much. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? I love what Steve Anders was saying because it's very true. It would not be possible. All the things that we do, everything that's taken place in 2017 around Kensington, the eight campuses, global partnerships, uh, without your generosity, without your giving and serving. So thank you very much. So, well, hey, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good? You know what today is, don't you? No? Well, let me tell you, New Year's Eve, baby. <laughs> and we're excited you're here today and for part of our service. So we've got a few things we want to share for you that are coming up in the new year, literally right around the corner in January. Uh, and one of them is, and do me a favor, raise your hands. Have you ever been to the leadership gathering? Have you ever been to any of those? They're really incredible, aren't they? They really like fuel your heart and soul and kind of inspire you uh, for what could be and kind of warm things up. And your not just imagination, but maybe spiritual pathway about what God might be inviting you to do. And so I just want to be clear about something, too. We call it leadership gathering, but it's if you lead in any capacity at all. From If you're helping us from greeting at the door to singing on stage and everything in between, uh, that you're a leader. And for some of you may say, well, I'm not leading in anything currently, but I'm really interested to go to something like that. Then you're invited, okay? We want you to know you're invited, so... We've put together uh, kind of just a video clip of what this year will look like. So do me a favor, watch this with me, uh, just to kind of get a little glimpse and experience of what January 19th and 20th will be like. Lead. You can't lead if you're not hearing the voice of God. Together, there is nothing that we can't do. I really believe that God has given us a sacred trust. If you're able to make it to even one of them, January 19th on a Friday evening or Saturday, January 20th, you won't regret it. Your heart will be encouraged. Uh, and I, I think what it does for me, at least, and I hope it do this for you too if you attend, it reminds you, it kind of spurs something in your soul that God created you not just on purpose, but for a purpose, for something great. And I love the words that were up there in the video. It said, lead, and then the one that followed was together. And that this is not like a one-man show. This is not like a one-person rodeo. Like, we don't do things around here that way because we believe it's a faulty way. It's not the way to do it. That we actually do things as a community. We do things together, and we believe in that phrase, we're better together. We believe that, and uh, we believe that's how God's inviting us to lead around this place. So, again, we want to extend the warmest of invitations to you. If you're already currently leading, please come. Uh, if you're thinking about it, or you think, am I a leader? Yes, you are, by the way, but come and experience and taste and see what that evening uh, and that weekend is going to be like, okay? So on January, we're excited about this too. We've got a new series we've put together called Crave. And uh, we've kind of given the subtitle, uh, The Things That I Just Can't Say No To. You say, really? So yeah, think about the things that you can't say no to. They're recurring themes in your life, recurring choices you've made, I've made, we've all made. And we wish that we could just say no to them and stop them so we could say yes the better things that maybe God has for your life. And so we're going to kind of like press into that the whole month of January. And we've put together just a little promo clip for you to watch, uh, just to begin to kind of spur in your heart and mind. What are the things that I can't say no to? And is it possible to stop those?
I think for a lot of us, it'll be an exciting month in January because it, there's something interesting as we set new goals and we move forward. The things that we just can't say no to, we've really got to learn to say no to them. And so the four weeks are going to kind of go through, I just can't say no to it. It'll be people's approval. I know this. Growing up as an adult child of an alcoholic, this is a big deal for me, being a people pleaser, needing people's approval, or working through there and saying, what would my own personal life, I'm really excited about it, uh, and, and saying, what would it look like if I just looked to the approval of God who loves me, who cares for me? And it goes on. We're doing one. I can't say no to the bottle or drug addictions and things like that. I can't say no to my body. Uh, and I can't say no to digital devices. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a conversation where somebody's like, hey, hold on one minute. You know what I mean? And they're going through their phone and how that's affecting our lives, our community, our culture, and things like that. So she's with me. She likes it. She thinks it's going to be a good one. So, uh, well, hey, anyhow, we're excited about it. We really are. And so excited that you're here today with us on New Year's Eve. Isn't that kind of cool? The being together, right, as a big family on the eve of a new year. Okay, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I'm like the funniest guy I know up here. I got to stop. What is going on? So do me a favor. Go ahead and stand up just for a moment and just say hi to another. Shake hands and say hello. Just take a second as people still come in. Welcome. Hey, before you guys sit down, I actually want you guys back up on your feet. Sorry. Get on your feet. We're doing Happy an exercise. New Year. In, oh, up and down. Up, and, up down. and down. All right. Well, how many of you guys are going to a New Year's Eve party tonight? Yes. That's, holy cow, that's a lot more than the a first lot. service. But we want to make sure that you guys are ready for your New Year's Eve party by giving you guys some dance moves. Now, I am not oh, much yeah. of a dancer, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the basic one. And I'm going to hand you guys over to these three gentlemen, and they're going to give you something really nice that's for sure going to impress everybody. So here's what we're going to do, and I need you guys to participate. So here we are. Well, I'm going to just do a nice, simple little little touch step. Oh, yeah, I think I got this one. Come on. There we go. Look at these guys. They're already into it. I'm not seeing any dancing See, up here. This is this is where you live. I don't go outside of this. Actually, I don't even dance at parties. So this is more than you're going to get from me. <laughs> Jamie. Give us your best dance move. Come hey, on. So if we're going to take this up a notch or two, want to make sure we're impressing everybody in the room, we got to get the whole body involved. Are we ready? Here Let's we go. It. And we call this the what is this? I don't hear enough snapping out there. There's there should be some snapping. Come on. And we call this a mess. What are we <laughs> All right, Jamie, that's enough for your dance move. <laughs> Jeremiah, what, what's your best one? What I like Don't to do, hurt yourself. When I'm on the dance floor, if Marie and I are dancing and it's like, we're feeling it, we're feeling the vibe, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh yeah. how you doing? She's like, how you doing? You know, it's like, one of, you feel it, right? And all of a sudden I look in, I'm like, hey baby. And I just come in with the spin so, move. So, this, and so that's spin. a good one, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just like that. Try no, it. No, 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 try that out. Fun. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. fun. There you go. <laughs> She's got it. I think got I got it. that one. All right. We don't want people to get hurt. By the way, this is Josh. He's normally back up in the in the video booth, but Josh, Josh loves dancing so much that we figured, hey, why not bring him on up here? Give us your best dance move. Yeah, so I'm not married like these guys. I'm single forever, so I spend a lot of my time in the grocery <laughs> store, and that's why we're going shopping. Oh, yeah. We're going shopping. We're going shopping. Look at that. Pizza rolls are on sale. Score. And then we got one more. We got one more after I go shopping. I got to come back. And you know what I got to do? I got to mow the lawn. So we're going to start. Oh, yeah. We're going to start that lawnmower. Oh, yeah. We got to go to the other side. We got two lawnmowers. I don't think my muscles are big enough for those. You're not doing it. You're not dancing. It's not big enough. I see you. All right. Well, there you go. Those are your dance moves that will for sure be a hit. Yes. Give it up for these guys. They're awesome. Well, now that that's out of the way, we actually want to have fun. I want to have you guys continue to stand on your feet. We're just going to start off the day singing, having fun. We're going to sing Shine a Light. Here we go. Here we go. I want to hear you guys sing. You guys did so good at dancing. Here we go. 
to another life No more sorrow, no more night You're the light, let it shine Let it shine Burning bright, cause we're not ashamed Got a world to illuminate You're the light, let it shine Let it shine Alright, here we go, we're gonna see nothing can stand against us Nothing can stand against us Our praise will break the darkness If we declare Your kingdom's here Because our God is for us sound amazing. You can have a seat. So shine a light. I tell you what, before we even begin or jump into our service or anything, we just want to stop and pray and ask God to, to really lead us, man, as we kind of like literally run into 2018, that he'd shine a bright light into a positive future for us. So God, we ask that, that you are the light of mankind and that you love us and you care for us. And so we kind of, before we even step in anything, we declare, even what that song is saying, Shine a light into a dark world. Shine a light into a pathway of hope for our life. And uh, we love you, Jesus. Be with us today in your name. Amen. I'm so glad each one of you are here. I really mean that. And so as we kind of start today, we're going to talk about a thing just for today called my word and saying, what would 2018 really look like if it was defined by something different than what maybe 2017 was? Maybe 2017 for some of you is okay. For some of you, it might have not been the best year. I don't know. 
But we're really saying today, what if we look at our decisions, our choices that we made and how they affect our life and that we were intentional, purposeful, and most importantly, we let God breathe into those decisions and choices that you and I make every single day that really do affect a big part of our lives. And so to get us started, there's a story of uh, three guys. They're in a waiting room and they are waiting for their wives to uh, deliver their first babies. And so these guys and their wives, they, they had all decided months back uh, that they were going to get pregnant, right? And so here they are nine months later, sure enough, nervous and anxious and in the waiting room. And uh, uh nurse comes running through the door and the the first guy kind of jumps up and because and, and, it was his nurse for his wife. And he says, is everything okay? And she said, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's good. Everything's okay. He said, I just want to wish you congratulations because you're, 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 you're having two girls. And she said, two girls? He said, yeah, you twins. Yeah. They didn't know. See, they didn't get ultrasounds or do any of that stuff. They just want to go into it blind. And he was like, this is so thrilling because I play for the Minnesota twins, you know, and he jumped up and he, he ran out the door and the other two guys are pretty nervous now, you know, and and they're sitting there, and next thing you know, another nurse comes flying through the door and says, is there a Mr. Martin in the room, Mr. Martin? And he jumps up, he says, ah, it's me, I'm Mr. Martin, is, is everything okay? And she said, it's better than okay. He said, you're having three boys, three boys, are you kidding? He said, yeah, triplets. He said, this is incredible because I'm the lead developer at 3M. That's so wild, you know, and he tells the guy, I'm out of here, you know, and they take off and the next guy begins to get his gatherings and his stuff together and he's going to get out of there. And the nurse says, where are you going, sir? And he says, man, the way things are going, I'm, I'm out of here. He says, you see, I got to tell you something. I work for 7UP. <laughs> I'm not standing around for this. The truth of the matter is, the reason I told this story is there are some choices and decisions we make in life that we can run from, and many of us have tried to. And there are some things in life you can't run from. It really is the truth, isn't it? And today we're saying this. Some of the choices that we've made in 2017 or even years past are decisions that we might regret. We wanted a do-over. We would like to redo them. And we're saying, well, that's not always possible. can't always run from those things. But here's something we can do. We can run towards something great in our life. And it starts the way we run, the way we get traction, the way we move forward in this world is we make a decision. We make a choice. We choose to move in a direction. And as we talk about that today, we've got Cody Wilson is putting together a spoken word for us, kind of recapping and reflecting on 2017 and declaring and saying, what would our life look like if we chose something different? in 2018. So as you watch this, begin to prime your heart and saying, what would my life, what would my family, what would my world look like in 2018 if I chose something different? As we look back on 2017, what do we see? What are the memories that it will leave? What will it be remembered for? That new funny meme or maybe something more? The year of the inauguration, did your team win? Are we keeping score? Are we fighting for love or starting a war? 2017, the year of the walls. Because if you don't think like me, talk like me, or walk like me, stay on your side. I've made up my mind and I'm more comfortable if you don't cross my line. Just check the Facebook wall we look at every day. I see posts laced with hate and demonstrations to retaliate. Because we love to prove that you're wrong and we think this is what it looks like to be real strong posting from behind a screen so you know people will know what I mean making names and the numbers and pretending like we care because I posted to create awareness I click share but when was the last time we took the time to stare at pain in the face of the hurting took the time to see the humanity in the image of God and the people we pass not even saying hi because we have to complete our task and it's so easy to ask well how did we get here but each choice good or bad starts with the person in the mirror deciding what will I live for? Will my life be used to build or destroy? What kingdom will I advance more? It all starts with the decisions that I make. Will I choose to love or demonstrate hate? And if 2017 was the year of the walls, then let 2018 be the year they all fall. Let our New Year's resolution be a revolution that screams, we choose love. Flicker, flicker. 
and the light breaks into the night hope on the horizon a reason the fight darkness cowers at the light of jesus christ this light that's flickering is starting to spread a spark that's marked by people who become love living stones building blocks of light illuminating the earth with the good news of christ unity peace and love the weapons of our warfare bullets that declare we actually care we're not just stepping into the future we're intentionally creating a new world each good deed a building block that paints a new mural there's no walls in heaven and we declare there shouldn't be any here so we stop to hear the voice of those in pain listening to the healers stories and remembering their names and this spark becomes a fire and this fire becomes a flame from the ash rises beauty by the power of Jesus' name. So it's important to remember, change starts with me. So ask, as we look to 2018, who will I be? What is the legacy that I will leave? Will I build a better future than the present I'm in or with each personal choice advance destruction? Because the truth is, if I wanna see a better world, it starts with me. So in 2018, ask, who will I be? I think it's such a poignant question that Cody kind of puts together for us. I wrote down his final sentence. It says, who will I be? What is the legacy I will leave? Will I leave a better future that was handed to me? Who will I be? But I love the ending. It says, the choice is what? Somebody else's? The choice is yours. And as we press in and we talk about decisions and choices today, we know that they have big impact on our life. In fact, in 2017, if we even look here as a community, as a church, a lot of the choices and decisions we've made as a group of people at our campus, uh, the eight other campuses or global partners, church plants, it's been pretty powerful. It really has. Uh, just to, like even a little recap, I mean, literally like churches have been planted. Uh, like did we know we planted our 58th church that's starting January 14th, uh, that we got that going in 2017 that, I mean, I just stopped and I think about the hundreds and hundreds, really thousands of students through our student ministries that lives of being transformed and changed in our kids ministry. I think about marriages that were splintering apart that are brought together through our marriage mentor program that's here. I think about uh, celebrate recovery. I think about that, uh, what that's looked like for a lot of people in their homes that have struggled with substance abuse or people that are going there that are codependent, part of a family that is struggling, something like that. I thought about the really thousands of people that have come through our doors that have really discovered hope in Jesus. Uh, I think about the fact that wells are being planted, right, over in Africa. People are running marathons for this. Uh, people are going on missions trips. People are making life decisions. People are changing, and, and in big part, a lot of it is due to you in a huge way. And so even now, I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and come forward uh, and take our offering. And uh, as Stevie Andrews said earlier, the very beginning of our day, that because of your generosity, because of your giving, because of your time, your talent, and your treasure, or trusting in this place, we're able to move forward, not just places and programs, but we've been able to impact people's lives. And so on behalf of really all the leadership around here and all of us, thank you so much. And, and, but those are from some of the choices and decisions we've made. Other decisions and choices that we've made in 2017, maybe we regret or have not been so big. I mean, our geopolitical landscape has never been more divided. Uh, I mean, there's, there's issues and choices our leaders have made in this country we may not agree with. There's decisions, choices you've made that you may not agree with. Have you ever had like a decision or choice that you kind of regretted? You wanted to redo? Raise your hand. Do me a favor. Have you ever had something you're like, I wish I could backpedal or take that back, right? It's pretty much all of us, right? Some of us hold it high. We're like, yes, recently, a day ago, you know? I just think about even the simple things. When uh, Marie and I first got married and we met, we had Caleb, our firstborn. I wanted her to be safe. And so I impulsively, like a gut reaction, jumped out and got a brand new uh, crew cab Dodge Ram for her. Traded in our little Saturn car and got a Dodge Ram. And I remember her taking Caleb, she'd have the thing. She tried to like swing up the car seat in the car and she could barely get in there. And 
looking back, it was like not a great decision. Or I remember one time, one of those trucks, they ever come by in your neighborhood, they come by and they're selling meat, right? And uh, they had these great deals, like $300 worth of meat for 150 bucks. And we, we bought a bunch of it on the spot, man. And we were so pumped up about it. <laughs> I remember we got all this meat. We couldn't even fit it in our freezer. <laughs> and we're calling people, hey, do you, are you in need of some flame and yawns or great meat? And people thought we're selling stuff. We're like, no, it's free. Like, is this a gimmick? And we couldn't even get rid of it all. You know, or, or one time we had a Kirby vacuum cleaner uh, salesman over a house for like hours. And I remember just, we're there, we're contemplating. This guy was just selling us on what this thing would do and a lifetime guarantee. And we were ready to pull the trigger. And I remember Maria's dad calling. He said, you guys, you don't even have carpet in your house. We, we had all wood floors, you know. I think we had one big rug, you know. And the guy's like, well, this thing will do wonders on your rug or your couch. We're like, listen, buddy, we can't, we can't do this, you know. But, but we've all made decisions that we've regretted too. Financial ones. Maybe you look back in 2017 and you have a credit card balance and you're like, why did I buy this? Or why did we spend this? Or why did we do that vacation or a house payment? You're choking down every month and you're like, why did we move here? Why did we refinance and consult? Why did we do this and thought it was a great idea in the moment? And now we're regretful of it. Or sometimes it might be a decision about a relationship. It could be a friend or family member and you said something to them. You're wishing put back in your mouth or in your personal relationship with your spouse or a loved one or your, your companion. You, you, you've said something and you've done something and it's, it's hurt them and it's offended them and you can't take it back or they've offended you and you wish you could undo this choice. You could change it. And the truth of the matter is this, life is coming at us, isn't it? Every single day, very quickly. And we have to make these decisions. Decisions about money, decisions about relationships, decisions about our future, our career. And in the middle of it all, how are we making these decisions? Like, what are we basing this on? I would suggest this, more often than not, me included, right? That we're making it from kind of a gut response, a gut reaction. You ever say that? Somebody say, I'm just following my gut in this. I'm just going to follow my heart. I just feel like this is how I should respond. And more often than not, those decisions, when we do that, that way, they, they kind of end up poorly. And then we're saying, what if in 2018, we looked at our decision-making model differently? We actually stopped and we thought, let me just look at this a little bit different. And to help us out today, really, the Apostle Paul has got some incredible ideas and thoughts on this. He really does. Uh, and so I kind of want to to kind of follow journey through some thoughts that he shared way back when to a group of people that were kind of in the same predicament we were. How do we make really great decisions moving into something and even on today, New Year's Eve into the new year? We want to make decisions. We want to have goals. We want to have a great year. And we know all those things are tethered to, they're tied to your decisions, my decisions, the things that we're choosing and deciding about. So Paul really says this. He kind of says it comes down to your decision-making model which is made up of two components. It's a gut instinct or it's a God instinct. It's a gut reaction or a God reaction. It's trusting my gut or trusting God. And so he kind of opens up and he takes us into this letter he wrote to a group of people uh, uh, in Ephesus. And it says this, says, as for you, he's talking to really all of us, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those that are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. Listen, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, this is for all of us, we were by nature deserving of wrath. He says, listen, all of us kind of follow our gut. All of us, really, we want to kind of like fulfill the desires of our flesh. We do what's right in our own eyes. We trust our heart. We kind of do things instinctively, which is kind of what we do. You know what I mean? I mean, this happens. I mean, if you stop and look around our world, you see this all the time. It's probably just a couple of weeks ago, driving and somebody like just gave us the bird, man, like flipped us off. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been the person that actually flipped somebody off? Thank you very much for your honesty, sir. Right? Give them a big hand. It's not easy to be honest. You never know. Somebody in here might have been the recipient of that bird you gave, you know. And we've done this and we followed our gut. Nobody would say, well, that was a godly thing to do, you know. That wasn't a God instinct. That was a gut instinct. Paul's saying for most of us, for all of us, really, we follow our gut. And when we follow our gut, it usually leads us to a poor choice. It just does. 
not always in the small things, but in the big things, in the relationships, in the career choices, in the finances. He says, do you really want to trust your gut in all those important things and raising your kids, planning for your future? Is that what you want to do? Trust your gut. Some of you are like, well, it's done okay by me so far, you know, and it's like, has it? Has it really? And Paul's saying, is that the case? And here's the good news, though. Paul says for us that are willing to kind of trust our God instinct, how does this happen? For those that are willing to trust Jesus, kind of put our faith into Jesus, put our faith into God. For some of you, maybe you've done that, but you haven't done it as strongly as you wanted to. And this might be an awesome opportunity to redo that, to press into that more, okay? For some of you, maybe you've never really done that. And you followed your gut instinct for a long time. Listen, has it served you really well? Has it taken you where you've wanted to go? Has it led you and give you wisdom and light and and intelligence in a supernatural way almost in your decision-making, your choices? If the answer isn't yes to all those and it's actually no, then maybe we should pay attention to what Paul's saying. He's saying the God instinct, God actually wants to breathe new life. He wants to illuminate a way we make our decisions or choices. He says it looks like this for those that are willing, and I'm just again encouraging you, if you haven't put your trust and faith in Jesus, this would be an incredible year to really think about stepping out and saying, maybe I should try to trust God with my life, my decisions, because where I've led myself isn't where I want to be. So he says in this other letter to the Galatians, he says this, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me, this God instinct. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is really incredible. Paul's saying, this is this decision-making model, the gut instinct. We just satisfy the cravings of our flesh. We do what's right in our own eyes. But the God instinct, this is really living by faith. This is being a person of faith, trusting that the God of the universe really has some more wisdom than we do. He has a better promise and a future for us than what we could do on our own. But sometimes this happens too. These instincts clash. I, I love what Paul says because some of you may have walked in here today and everything was fine and we were doing our dance routine up here and stuff like that. But the truth be told, you just got in an argument on the way in, right? Or, or, or maybe you flipped somebody off on the way in, right? <laughs> no, nobody's going to admit to that. Maybe you will again, Justin. I don't know. You know, don't be, doing, don't be flipping people off coming into church, man. You're killing us. You know, I'm just kidding. Justin's incredible except when he flips people off. And um, <laughs> just, I'm teasing. Uh, but these instincts clash. We like, Paul says it this way, and I love what he says. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> I, I love his honesty. This is St. Paul, by the way, right? Like Paul, the apostle Paul, like the spiritual guy. He's like, I know I'm supposed to do what's right, but I can't do it. I want to make the right choices, but I don't. I know I shouldn't do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. That really describes all of us, doesn't it? It really doesn't. So, so what do we do? We're like, well, thanks, Paul. So how do we choose between our gut and, and God? And he says, well, it's just that simple. It's a choice. He says, choosing is the key. Look what he says here in the continuation of these letters. He says, so I say, he goes, don't be perplexed or lost. So I say, Walk by the Spirit, choose the God instinct, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Paul says you have to choose. Everything we're talking about today, you've got to choose. You've got to actually, again, not choose in your own gut, put your trust and choose in God. This is what we're kind of saying to you. What would 2018 look like if we trusted and chose in God's way? So interesting. Jesus was a master at encouraging people to trust him and to follow him. And said, hey, you've trusted your gut for long enough and it's led you where it's led you. Why don't you trust me a little bit and see where I can take you? See, there's a guy named uh, Levi in the Bible. And uh, he was a crooked tax collector. He was like a crooked public accountant. Took advantage of people. Just like stole money pretty much. Took advantage of his own people. But you know him better as a guy who actually trusted not his gut anymore, but trusted God and became Matthew, became one of the authors of the Gospels, right? There's another person, a lady, incredible lady, named Mary Magdalene. She trusted in her gut and followed her gut throughout life, and it led her to a place of despair. The Bible said she was tormented. 
It led her to a place of really hopelessness, and she found herself at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said, will you trust in me? Will you quit following your gut and trust in God? Trust me. She did. You know, it's incredible. Her life was revolutionally changed around. She became one of the first people, followers of Jesus, that actually met him after he raised from the dead. She was mentioned in all four Gospels. She was a prominent follower of Jesus Christ. How did that happen? She quit following her gut, followed God. A guy named Nicodemus came looking, middle of the night, in search. It's such a tell story of how really our culture is in search of faith, in search of salvation, in search of purpose. Knocking on the door, Jesus answered, pretty much said, will you quit following your gut? Will you quit trusting in yourself? Follow me. Trust in me. I can bring salvation. I can bring purpose. I can bring hope. And all these people had these moments where things just changed. Why? They chose. They chose differently. And today, we're really saying this. What if we chose in God and not always our gut? Instead of our heart response, our heart reaction, we kind of looked to the heart of God and said, God, can you help me in my choices? Can you help me in my decisions? In fact, how many of you were handed one of these when you walked in? Does everybody have a Sharpie? Do me a favor. Pull your Sharpie out. You got a Sharpie? Come on now. Pull your Sharpie out. Wave your Sharpie around. Don't be afraid. Wave it around. Wave it around. This has nothing to do with the service. Just want to see you do that. No, I'm kidding. This Sharpie has a whole lot to do with the service at the end of it. See, I wrote a word on my hand, and this word is kind of really going to depict the decisions I'm hoping to make kind of in the future. In 2018, we're going to get to that. And so I want you to kind of keep it Sharpie nearby. We're saying this. What if your, your world in 2017 was marked by words like despair or discouragement, like some of the characters I mentioned, or doubt? What if it was replaced by faith? What if instead of discouragement, it was encouragement? What if instead of like unforgiveness, it was forgiveness? What if instead of gloom and doom, it was joy? What if instead of like just I'm distraught, it was peace? I'm suggesting and I'm telling you, if we quit trusting our gut and maybe put our faith in God, he could change our life. And so what I want to do with you is this, over the next few minutes, we're going to go through five statements, really five simple statements that we're hoping to shift, shift your paradigm, your decision-making model, and to choose a different word, to choose something different that kind of really depicts your life, how you make your decisions. And these words we're going to talk through, these statements, really find themselves based in more of a God instinct, trusting God than they do in our gut, okay? And so the first one, and as I do that, I'm going to go ahead and bring out a whiteboard because I'm going to write some of the words as we go through them on there. And go ahead and bring it right on out. And uh, I'd say, just don't take it right off the stage. Come right out. Uh, and it's got up here, it's got my word, it's the name of our service, and we're going to write these words down here. Now, these words may not be the words that you end up writing on your hand at the end of the service, but they're going to be words that'll be as a primer. And I'm hoping they prime all the way to the depths of your heart and say, God, do you have a different word for me this year? A different way I can make my decision. So the first one uh, is this, first statement. It says, we always, we assume the, what, worst, but we really should be believing the best. This word right here is faith. This word is faith, Okay. This is this word, faith. What if the decisions we made were not based out of doubt, but they were based out of faith? You say, well, that's kind of a hard thing to do. You're telling me to be an optimist. I am. Would you rather me call you and tell you to be a pessimist? Like, have you ever heard somebody walk around and say, you should meet her. She's incredible. She's the most pessimistic person I've ever met, right? Every idea I bring up, she shoots down, you know? No, I don't think so. Look what Jesus says. It says, he looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Jesus is saying, you may have looked at your faith and you've let it go and you've been looking through the lens of doubt in 2017. And in 2018, what if you look through the lens of faith? See, optimism is really just this. It's a lens. It's looking at the world and saying, what's humanly possible might not work out. We get it, Jesus. But maybe our faith, if it's in you, we trust you, all things will be possible. I was texting with my good friend uh, Jody Medford, and he was here last service, and I just asked him how they're doing with their little boy, Eli. Uh, you got a picture of Eli, their family up here, if I can throw it up real quick. Eli's right in the middle, and uh, they adopted Eli, and he's an incredible young man. And uh, I get the privilege of seeing him. The school he goes to, I drop my kids off to, and I get to see him kind of get out of his car and put his little backpack on and go in. And Eli's two years into chemo treatment. See, a couple years ago, in November of 2015, he got diagnosed with leukemia. 
And it really brought a crisis of faith for the Medfords. And over the past two years, they've really been having to live by that word. They can't afford to have doubt. They can't afford to be second-guessing. They can't afford to be like losing it. They have to have faith in their life. And the more I've spent time with Jody and his wife, Danny, and, and their kids, Lexi and uh, Emily, it's, they're incredible. And they really are this family that exudes faith. They're not perfect. They don't have it all together. But they're like, the decisions we make are going to be faith-based ones. And they're like, we're having faith that November of 2018, this year, that he'll be cancer-free. That's when the leukemia is going to be done being treated. And so that's what they're praying for and talking about. I'm like, that's incredible. And just talking to them on the phone encouraged me. And I'm challenging you. What if your word was faith? What if you said in 2017, I doubt it a lot, but 2018, I'm going to trust God more and have faith. Have faith. The second statement is this. Out for ourselves, put others first. Out for ourselves, put others first. See, we live in a culture that's me. It's about me. It's about me. It's not about you. Me, 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 right? And every, it's like self-centered and, and it's all about self. We're saying, what if it was about others? What if it was actually this word right here? What if it was the word sacrifice, right? You know, it's funny. I just got this small fear. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't misspell anything <laughs> up here. What if it was sacrifice? What if you lived your life in such a way? Did I spell that right? No, I'm just kidding. What if you lived your life in such a way that was sacrificial? Toward others. Like really, like it was about other people. Look what Jesus says. It says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Aren't some of the most incredible people you've ever met, the ones that do for others? They're always thinking of others. Just a couple of days ago, I took my boys to see one of the greatest movies ever, Jumanji was a remake. And uh, not just because I love Jumanji, but because it had one of the greatest actors to have ever done Hollywood, The Rock. And uh, I love The Rock. Don't make fun of him, okay? <laughs> He's awesome. And so anyway, I see Katrina there, and uh, she's there with their fam, and, and they, uh, the, she helps lead our portability teams. She's incredible, and she came, how you doing, boys? Do you have a good Christmas? And she's saying, I'm getting things ready for Sunday. And you know, the reason you're sitting here today, there's a whiteboard, there's tables, because her and some other incredible people that got here up at 3.30 in the morning, really, not kidding you, they got up and they made sure things were going. The heat was going through the ductwork. Stuff was set up. The bathrooms were prepped. You know, all this, all the wiring and things that you can't even see were taking place. Think about my friend. It's back there. He's incredible. His name's Chris. He's got a hat on and headphones and he's, he's working. He's right over the back. I don't even know if he can hear us right now, actually. <laughs> and, and he works a full-time job already. And he's got kids. He's got boys. He's got this beautiful, wonderful wife. And he's here all the time, sacrificing, giving. Some of you serve in K-Kids. Some of you serve in student ministry. Some of you are, are, are doctors or teachers or nurses or uh, you work for the post office and you sacrifice and you help others. Sacrifice is a way to live your life. Can you imagine the stress that you have? Do you know this, by the way? The stress that you're carrying, if you took the focus off you and you put it onto somebody else, it would reduce that stress in your own life. Saying, what would my life look like if I lived it sacrificially? I'm just saying in 2018, would that change things, right, fellas, around your home? If you came home and you looked at your wife and said, I want you to know something, baby. I'm 100% going to sacrifice for you every day. And meant it and did it. Don't be laughing, wives. We're serious. This is a serious business here, right? Uh, come on, guys. Would that change things? Can you imagine how that would really propel you in your career if you had a sacrificial attitude? It would change things. The next statement is this. Resentment just builds up. Let it go. Let it go, right? Just let it go. This idea is the idea of forgiveness right here. Forgiveness. Saying, what would our life look like if we actually lived a life where we forgave others or we asked for forgiveness because we offended people? You say, well, this is a touchy subject. Don't just jump into this. You don't know how they hurt me or you don't know what I've done. I can't go talk to them again. I hurt them so bad. And this resentment you're just carrying and you're building it. Maybe you're holding it and it's caused you to be angry. And you're bitter, and it's overflowing with this. And this isn't how you want 2018 to be marked, is it? No. See, Jesus says this, says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus says, before you do anything else, ask for forgiveness. He says, or, or, or grant forgiveness somebody needs it from you before you do anything, before you come here on Sunday mornings. You might need to text somebody or call somebody. 
If you've got to write a letter, write a letter. You've got to write an e- do an email, do an email. Offer forgiveness. Why? Because resentment is just building up. And it's weighing you down. Jesus says this. This is how often we forgive. Peter's like seven times. That's the perfect number. Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. What you're like, well, that's 490. That's, oh, no, no. He was really referring to an infinite amount of offering forgiveness. I had a guy named Doug Lowe that was a gym teacher. And in the sixth grade, he was our, our main gym teacher. And I remember it was a difficult part in my life because our home was imploding with dysfunction and alcohol. And some of you know that. And we'll talk more about that actually in our Crave series uh, that we want to invite you back to in January, by the way. But, but I was just struggling. It's already a struggle in middle school to start with, right? You know, I, I was like, I was like in sixth grade, six foot one. My head was this big and my body hadn't grown into it. People called me a Tootsie Pop. You know, it was like terrible, man. I'm telling you. And Doug Lowe looked at me and he said, we were goofing around. I said, hey, Jeremiah, you're, quit goofing around. You're a loser, bud. He goes, in fact, you're the biggest loser I know. And I remember the, my world was like crushed. He goes, get up and run laps. And I started running laps. You think, how could that guy have said that to you? And it crushed me. And a week later, he apologized. He said, I'm so sorry. I never should have said that. I never should. And I remember I held on to that for years. Every time I thought of him, I wanted to squish him. I wanted to punch him. I wanted to shove him. I wanted to, Justin, I wanted to flip him off. You know, I did. I'm sorry. We've branded you as the guy. That, <laughs> you're not. You're an incredible guy. But I did. I was just so angry. And I, I, I just, it was been really in the last recent years where I've had to be like, I forgive him. I got to let him go. I mean, I, I, I kid you not. I've done this in my heart. I literally need to look him up and find him and go do this. You guys hold me accountable. I'm telling you, I need to go offer forgiveness and say, I'm, I, I accept your forgiveness. Because it was eating me up. It created resentment. What is it that you need? Who is it you need to forgive? Or you need to ask forgiveness from? Jesus says, this is the only way to live. The right side of 2018 is the side of forgiveness. It goes further. It says, deeply offended by people. Live with an unoffendable heart. This one is different. This one is love. What would our life look like if we lived a life where we led with love. Because in our culture, it's like everybody gets what? Offended. Discourse, discussion, disagreements. God forbid we have those. We can't have those without everybody being so angry. And then they get offended. And then it rises. And all of a sudden, people are yelling profanities at each other and they're cursing each other and they're, they're condemning each other. And it's like, wait a minute. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. What if we led with love? Yeah, I, I don't agree with what you say, but I love you. I'm not on board, but maybe talk to me more. Let's reason together. Jesus says this. says, let's reason together. Let's not argue all the time and be so mad. Can you imagine if we started that in our homes? What if we branded that and started that in our community? And people said, that community, they, they have their beliefs, but I'm telling you, you're welcome there. I, I, I would love how, what a high honor to be said of us if people could say, we don't always agree with what Mark or Jeremiah was saying, but I know they love us. I know that we can talk about it. I know that we can disagree and still be friends. We can still go to Honcho together. Isn't Honcho a great place? We can still do that, right? We can do that. Jesus says this, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Listen to this. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. Are you kidding? Jesus, are you kidding? No, are you kidding? Am I kidding? Can you imagine if we actually did this, what it would do in 2018? I think it would change a lot of relationship statuses. I think it would change the way that we have discourse in this country if people could adopt what Jesus is saying. I learned this from my dad a long time ago. I was so mad at him, so angry. I said, you did this, and our family was in a rough spot. And I yelled about this, and I walked out the door, and I slammed the storm door, had this glass window in it, and I went, boom, slammed it, and the glass just shattered. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, he's going to kill me. <laughs> I ran to my car, and I went to my buddy's house and took off. And I remember coming back hours later. I remember the glass he had replaced it. He went to the hardware store and replaced the glass. He was sitting down, and I kind of tiptoed in. I said, Dad, I said, hey, how you doing, man? Uh, he's like, good son. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, he's lost it. He's going to kill me <laughs> because he's so calm. And we sat down. He said, I just want you to know something. Because we were just trying to talk about my future and I didn't agree with his opinion. And so I got mad and overreacted. And, you know, he said, I love you more than I love that stupid storm door. I love you more than 
the things that you said to me. I love you. I'll never forget. He led with love. And he could have led with anger. He would never right to be mad at me for what I did. He wasn't excusing what I did, neither am I. He was just saying, I'm going to lead with love here. And it allowed us to converse and to talk and to move forward. What would your life look like? What would your home look like if you led with love in your life? The next one, the final one, our statement, some of us are stuck in the past and we need to look to the future. This one is hope. And again, these words, none of them may resonate with you right now. Maybe it's a different word God's putting in your heart right now, but I'm saying, what would it look like in 2018 to walk into a place and have hope? See, Scripture says this, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. See, I, I'm convinced this is true, that you were created on purpose for a purpose, okay, by God. It says, declares the Lord, plans to give you what? Hope in a future. And we're just saying this. What if in 2018, everything was different, that we begin to mark our life by some words that were life transforming, that were said, I'm not going to doubt, I'm going to have faith, Right? Instead of being all about me, I'm going to be about my family and about my career and about others and sacrifice. I've been harboring bitterness too long. I'm going to let it go and have forgiveness. I've been leading with, with angst against people and I, and I don't want to. Jesus, I don't want to trust my gut. I want to lead with love in this place. What if hope really did mark your life? When people saw you, they said, she is full of hope. If, if you're distraught or despair, talk to her because there's something incredible going on in her life. Right? And that we led this way and that we wrote this down in our hand, not as some exercise, but as a declaration saying, these are the kind of words that are biblical, that are scriptural, that are Jesus-given, that are going to mark my life, transform my way. I make my decisions, my choices. You say, why are you so fired up? Because this has the power to change everything. One word, yeah. Look to a situation that seems hopeless and say, we're going to bring hope to it. There's a video we want to show you. Just captured a few of these people that are making these declarations. They've written down in this exercise that we're going to do in just a few moments on their hand. And they've written down the word that I'll share my word with you in just a, a minute. And said, we're declaring this over our life. We're no longer going to make decisions based out of this. But we're going to make decisions based out of what God says about us. We're no longer going to trust our gut. We're going to trust God. Does that make sense? And these people, I want you to hear their testimony. You hear their voice and hear the declaration they're, they're saying over their life. Watch with me. The Lord kind of revealed to me my word at the end of a season of dryness in my life. That's when he kind of came in and just hushed a lot of my fears saying, don't worry, don't fear, you're gonna be my witness in 2018. My word for 2018 is witness. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I'm free to live my life feeling oppressed and depressed by what others think of me, or I'm free to choose to believe what God says about me. My word for 2018 is free. I just recently started Claimer Campus, which is a prayer movement with all the high schoolers. It's been growing rapidly. It's just going to change the lives of so many people. It's going to be huge. My word for 2018 is unforgettable. I chose hope for my word. Hope is the only thing that allows me to continue to live this life. It's the reason why I have joy in my heart. I realize even if I go through trials or tribulations or struggles or make mistakes or fall, my hope is still in Christ alone. My word for 2018 is hope. My word for 2018 is intentional. I would like to be intentional with my relationships, with the Lord, with my friends, and with my family. I'd like to be intentional with my time. And if I am intentional, I believe that I can make a difference. My word for 2018 is intentional. When I reflected on 2017, I don't think I experienced a lot of peace. I think following Jesus, we're supposed to have abundant blessings, and peace is one of those. So my word for 2018 is peace. Invited McKenna, who graces us often, leads our stage, and leads us in worship. And um, today, because we both want to share our words, because she's going to lead you into a moment of response in just a second. Uh, and you wondered why you had these the whole time, because we really want to challenge you today to take that cap off and put it on the back and to 
really trust God and be bold and write down a word that would declare something different over 2018 in your life. See, mine is trust. It really, for whatever reason, when I stop and look over 2017, there's a lot of moments that I feel like I should have pressed in more and trusted God, and I didn't. We've been through a couple of miscarriages this past year. We've been through difficult things, financial hardships. In the middle of it all, I really want to dream big. I do. I dream big for a family. I dream big for you, for this place. And I've realized, I feel like God's speaking, and I'm just literally texting with my wife this morning, and she sent me a scripture that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, trust God. And I thought trust is what I want to mark my year with. I want to be a person that says, I can't do it on my own, but I trust a God that I think can. And so that's, that's mine, because I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I doubt and I need more faith at times. And this is going to be my reminder, this trust for me. And I wanted McKenna to share it with you because I want you to know something, that God moves powerfully in people. God really has moved super powerfully. We've watched this past year in you, McKenna. And so share with them what you believe God's word is for you for this year. Okay, so the word I chose was breathe because over the past few months, um, I've constantly constantly been running um, between different events and really not spending any alone time with God. And um, I used to make it a super important part of my day where I, right before I'd go to sleep, I would open the Bible and start journaling and just really dive into that. And recently, I just haven't been doing that because, you know, I make the excuse that I don't have time, you know, so... This year for 2018, I wanted my word to be breathed just to just remind me to, you know, stop and think and really spend time with God. So, I love that. That's powerful. And I'll encourage our hearts. We hear that. I think about what would our lives look like if we trusted God, if we stopped in the moment and breathed in and said, God, give me power, give me clarity, give me peace. Over the next couple moments, McKenna is going to lead us into a response moment. And we say that very intentionally. And that in this moment, we want you to be intentional and to respond to what we really believe God might be declaring over your life, okay? We believe that. Some of you might say, this sounds intense. You know what? It is. Because we believe the God of the universe wants to speak great things over your life. Maybe it's faith. Maybe it's one of those words we wrote up there. Maybe it's something totally different. I don't know. But I encourage you with all my heart to take this moment and say, I'm going to write down my word. For 2018, I'm going to declare over this. It's more than an exercise. It's a moment we're stopping to have right now and say that we believe that God really wants to do something great in each one of your lives, in your family, in your relationships, in your future, okay? The song that she's going to lead us into is called, I Am No Victim. You know, it's interesting. I was emailing back and forth, and Dave Wilson, the lead pastor of Orient Campus, had some incredible insights on this. He says that a victim really has no choice. It's true, Right? Victim is the victim of something. But a victor has a choice. And when we declare, I am no victim, we're saying, I have a choice. I am no victim. I have a choice. And I choose faith. I choose love. I choose peace. I choose something different, something spiritual that you have for me, Jesus, this year in 2018. And so we want to pray before we step into this process together, believing that God is going to move in this place. So let's pray. Jesus, we ask in this moment that you were the one that told us that, humanly speaking, it seems impossible. But God, with you, all things are possible. So in these next few moments as we respond, God, may our ears turn to heaven. May we hear your voice. May we feel the nudge in our heart. May we have the boldness to write even on our hand what it is you're declaring over life because you give us identity. You give us peace. You give us love. You give us faith. Jesus move and speak great things over these incredible women and men and children in this room. There's such a beautiful, amazing community. And God, we need you. And so we ask you for your word for us for 2018. May you bless these next moments. Move in our hearts in your name. Amen.
I love when she was singing that I am no victim. I have a vision. I am covered by the force of love. Such a true declaration over each one of you today. I pray, I hope, that you embrace that, that you are not a victim, that you have a choice, that you wrote down, you say, it's just an exercise. No, it can be a moment for you that you declared over your life, said, God, you have something different for me in 2018. For me, it's trust. I'm going to trust God every day. I've asked people to hold me accountable to this, to trust God from the little things to the greatest and everything in between. Because looking at the world, like Jesus said, it's humanly not possible. But I don't want to look at the world like that. I want to look at the world through a lens of optimism, through a lens of faith, through a lens of trust. Say, God, if I trust you, what seems to be impossible and everybody else saying can't work could be possible with you. That's the kind of 2018 I want in my heart. God, we pray and we ask in this moment that you have given, I believe this, you've given words. Many have written them down on their hands. Others may write them later or maybe they just rehearse them in their heart. Jesus, the point is, God, that you're speaking to us. May we have the boldness and the courage to listen to you. You are the God of the universe. You are powerful. And God, you love us and you are for us. You are not against us. God, let us be a community. Let us be a place that puts our trust, not in our gut, not in our heart response. But God, let us be a people, a community that puts our trust in you. You are unstoppable. You are powerful. You are full of love and grace and mercy and justice. May you work in this place. Thank you so much. Thank you as we go into 2018 for each man and woman, for the children that are here, for kids, for grandma and grandpa, for all of them. Thank you for the people that have not even graced our doors yet. God, thank you for them. May you bless 2018 in only the way that you can with the word that only you could give. We love you. In your mighty name, everybody had said, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for spending today together. I really mean that. We invite you back. Uh, really the next couple weeks over January for an incredible series you don't want to miss. But I get a chance, I have a chance last week to say Merry Christmas. Now I get to see, really not Happy New Year yet, but Happy New Year's Eve, okay? So God bless you guys. We love you. Talk to you.